In 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and Romans chapter 8, let's continue our study about the works and ways of the Holy Spirit. We began, I believe, uh, this is our sixth lesson on the works and ways of the Holy Spirit. But I want to go on today, this evening, and this will be the conclusion of this study, in talking about being led by the Spirit. Because of all the things that we mentioned, that is an integral part. And how many in reading the book of Acts, if you've been reading with us, you see how real the Holy Spirit was to them, and how He directed their affairs, right? And they were so conscious and aware of Him saying, do this, don't do that, go here, don't go there, this is good, this is not good. We ought to be just as aware. How many understand we are a part of the same church as they? You understand the book of Acts is still being written. It is. I don't know what chapter we're into now. But the story of the church and the story of the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through the church has been going on ever since. And is still going on today. And I suppose one day in heaven, you and I will find out what chapter we're in. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And see about what the Holy Spirit is doing in the church today. And do not let unbelieving people, even people with a lot of education, do not let them water down the word and tell you that all these things have passed away. Everything you read in the book of Acts is happening and is supposed to happen today. Everything. Amen. 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 They spoke in tongues. We can speak in tongues. They had healings. We have healings. They had miracles. We have miracles. They had signs and wonders. We have signs and wonders. Amen. Amen. And the Lord's looking for people that believe this. And people that don't believe it's passed away. And people that don't believe it was just for somebody else in another time. Say it out loud. I'm a part of the same church. I have the same name of Jesus. I have the same Holy Spirit. He does the same things in us today that He did then. Amen. Expect it. Now let's go on talking about the leading of the Spirit. Uh, I tell you, for time's sake... Put those scriptures on hold that I just told you. Go to the book of Acts. Let's just go straight to it. I'm endeavoring to be led myself. Amen. 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 Let's go straight to it. I want to take some time and go from chapter to chapter and just refresh ourselves in what a vital part uh, the Holy Spirit played in their lives. How he was constantly leading them. And for us to stir ourselves up that this is how we live. In Acts, the first chapter. We're going to turn and read a number of scriptures right now. Acts 1, 2. It says, until the day in which he, Jesus, was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. He gave them commandments. How did he do it? Through the Holy Ghost. Look in the 8th chapter. 8 and 29. 8, 29. This is the story of Philip and how the Lord told him to go and minister to this man who was a representative of the queen of Ethiopia. And verse 29, 8, 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. Did that really happen? The Spirit spoke to Philip. And Philip heard him. And knew what to do. Are we a part of the same church? Do we have the same Spirit? Does he speak to his people today? Yes, he does. I said, yes, he does. Does he speak to you? That was a little weak. I said, does the Spirit speak to you? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. The 10th chapter. Let's just keep reading. 10 and 19. This is the story of Peter had that uh, 
experience on the rooftop. And in 1019, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek you. The Spirit said. Did Peter understand what the Spirit was saying to him? Was it clear to him? Who said this to him? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Yes, you do. Same Holy Spirit that spoke to Peter? Same. That was really weak, guys. Come on now. (laughs) There's just one Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus. You know, the Bible said Jesus was led of the Spirit. Matthew 4, 1. You know, the Bible talks about how that Jesus got things by the Spirit of God. And that same Spirit that was on Him and that led Him is on you and in you. Not two or three or four or five or a hundred different Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit that anointed Peter to preach on the day of Pentecost. Same Spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost. Same Spirit that spoke through Paul. Same Spirit that ministered to Philip here and spoke to these men. That Spirit is in us. Does He still communicate to people today? Yes. I said yes. I want us to keep reading. In the uh, 13th chapter, 13, some of the ministers got together and waited on the Lord. wonder if that's a good idea today. And verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. You know, you can't fast in 30 minutes. You can't eat a big breakfast and then go pray for 30 minutes and come back and say, yeah, I fasted. But now I'm ready for lunch. So what I'm saying is they must have been here some time. Must I mean they had to at least miss one meal to say they fasted. They might have missed two. I don't know. But they were here. You know, this is one of the biggest problems why people are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit today. They're too busy. And just too, you know, rushing and always got the mind on other things. And folk think, you know, if uh, you come to church or if you sing over, you know, 15 minutes, people get antsy. If you preach over an hour, people can get antsy. Uh, if people are sitting down to read their Bible, they think, boy, they've really done something. If they stayed there for 30 minutes. Well, they were here for more than 30 minutes. They were there long enough to miss a meal or two. And if you really want to get some things from God, if you really want to get your spirit where it's tuned up and the Lord speaking to you is clear and plain, then you're going to have to not be in such a rush. Amen. 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 And um, learn to wait on him. Didn't the Bible say they that wait on the Lord Amen. will renew their strength? Yes. That's right. And uh, some of these things take some time. And don't look at it in a negative way. It's an enjoyable thing. When you learn how to do it, it's enjoyable. Just get quiet. Sit out in your chair. Lay across the bed. Be quiet. I'm not talking about watching TV or even playing tapes or anything. Just quiet. I'm not talking about praying at the top of your voice. I'm talking about quiet. Didn't the Bible say, be still and know that I am God? And it's times like that that you can tune your spirit to His. And what he's saying begins to be clear to you. But you can't just rush in for three minutes. Uh, and then rush out. And you won't be as keen. For as they did this, verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, what happened? What happened? The Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Go to the 15th chapter real quickly. 15. Ah, let's see. For time's sake, I'm going to do something different. Go to the 16th chapter. Just go to 16. I'll come back to 15, I think, here in a few minutes. In the 16th chapter and the 5th verse, it says, So were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily, like we're doing. Huh? Yeah. We're being established in the faith. Glory to God. And we're increasing in number daily. Yeah. If you don't believe it, just hide and watch. Verse 6. 
Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were what? Forbidden of who? Didn't say forbidden uh, of the deacon board. Forbidden of the church council. What? Forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Someone said, well, I thought the Bible said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, it did, but he's talking to the whole church. He didn't tell John Smith to preach the gospel to the whole world. Did you hear me? Sometimes people just try to reason things out. It's not okay for you to try to go everywhere. Or for you to try to minister everywhere. Or for you to try to hook up with everything. Not everybody's ready for you. But the Lord knows who is. And He knows who you will appeal to. And who He can use, and where He can use you. And we need to realize that we're not anointed to do everything. We're not graced to do everything or to go everywhere. We need to be led by the Spirit, don't we? We need to find our place. We need to find our grace. We need to run our race. Isn't that right? Now keep reading. Verse 7, and after they were come to Mysia, they assayed... Uh, that word means attempted. They tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Now this is not just being led by external circumstances. This is being led inwardly by the Spirit of God. How did they know the Holy Ghost forbid them? I mean, this, these are real men and women of God, aren't they? This team. Aren't they anointed? Don't they know God? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't it be alright for them to preach the Holy Ghost in that part of the world? Well, Jesus is the head of the church. And I reckon He knows who ought to go where and when if we'll listen. Well, how did they know the Holy Ghost forbid them to do that? How did they know? Now, some people will try to tell you, well, you know, they just didn't work out. So that meant the Holy Ghost forbid them. No, that's being led by external circumstances. We are led inwardly by the Holy Spirit. Let me say this, I'll maybe repeat it. We are not to be led by needs. We're not to be led by opportunities. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to say that again slowly. We're not to be led by needs. Did the word need to be preached in that part of the world? Yes, it did. It needed to be. But it wasn't right for them to do it. Not then, anyway. The Holy Ghost said, no, uh-uh, no, you don't go there right now. We're not to be led by needs. You know, a good friend of mine down in Central America has a large church. And after some years, he and I were spending some time together trying to rest. And, and he was telling me about he just felt like he was just so tired and just so worn out. And he said, man, we just got so much going. And he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, how much of that did the Lord tell you to do? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, how much of it is just good ideas or trying to meet needs? And what is what the Lord told you to do? He said, well, I hadn't thought. I said, listen, take it to prayer and see. And if the Lord, unless the Lord shows you different, get ready to eliminate the stuff he didn't tell you to do. You can run yourself ragged trying to meet needs. You're not the need meter. He's the need meter. And just every opportunity that comes up is not God. I mean, just in my few years of ministry, I could have done all kind of things. I've had... Offers to do this and to do that and to join this one. Some of them were very, very good. Some people thought, why didn't you take that? Why didn't you do that? Because I'm not supposed to be led by opportunities. Amen. Hmm? Amen. Why didn't you do that? So I won't go into detail about it because it's no reflection on those people. They're great people. It just wasn't right for me. And some of it, you from the nature, you would think, well, man, that'll help your ministry. That'll give you a huge amount of exposure. That'll help you. Well... That's not the same as a leading from the Lord. Is it? Don't be led by needs. 
Don't be led by opportunities. Don't be led by outside things. Be led inside by the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Be led inwardly. The Spirit for the Holy Ghost forbade them, and then the Spirit suffered them not. Let's go on. Go to Romans right now. The 8th chapter, please. Romans 8. Say it out loud with me. Don't be led by needs. Don't be led by opportunities. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a perfect example. You know, you, did you know you're supposed to be led by the Lord with family? Just like you are with non-family? Boy, did you hear how that went over? That was just like... It's like so now I'm on camp on it a while. I said, you are supposed... Tell me it ain't so. Tell me it's okay not to be led by the Lord with family. Okay, then you're supposed to be led of the Lord with family, just like you are with non-family. That means that everything that family asks you to do, you're not just supposed to do because they're family. You need to check your heart and see, is the Lord leading me to do this? Yeah, but it's my mother. Yeah, but it's my brother. Yeah, but it's my sister. I don't care who it is. The Holy Spirit takes preeminence. Amen. Now that's not a lesson most people even ever learn. It's not a lesson learned easily. Oh, but man, it can save you. Do you know people, so many times, family get in God's way? I said, family, get in God's way. You know, there's some times where the Lord would let people get hungry, but family won't. Someone said, what do you mean? Because they're not right. And they're not trying to be right. And the Lord would let them get hungry, and in their need, they'd cry out to Him. Did you hear me? But family, mamas and daddies and brothers and sisters will jump in and keep pumping money to them. Keep bailing them out. Did you hear me? And actually getting in God's way. And actually letting the enemy use relatives that are not living right to waste your prosperity. Money that you should be sowing into the gospel. Money you should be doing other things with. I'm meddling now, am I not? Somebody say, yeah, but that's my baby. I have to do it. No, what you should do is obey God. And what you should do is take it to prayer and see what he says about it. Now, if he tells you to do it for him, well, that's okay. But if he tells you not to do it for him, I don't care how much they cry. I don't care what kind of straits they're in. You're either going to obey him or you're not. There's been times in my life that I gave my last $20 to a stranger. And there's been times when I had money in my pocket and I told my relatives, no. That's not always easy. But if you're going to obey God, you're going to have to do some of these things. Is Jesus your Lord? Is He your example? Think about this. Martha and Mary and Lazarus were some of the very best and dearest and closest friends Jesus had. They were closer to Him than His blood family. He went there frequently. He ate with them. He loved them. They laughed. They ate. They fellowshiped. And you remember they sent word and they said, Lord, the one you love is sick. He's really sick. Hurry up and come. Come. So what did the Lord do? He said, come on guys, let's go. we got to go. Lazarus is sick. What did he do? He was led by the Spirit. And what did he do? He just stayed there. I know they didn't understand that. Did they? He just stayed right there. And the second day, they told him, is it the point of death? And just stayed there. And just stayed there. And finally, when he got there, they came crying. said, we told you to come. And if you'd have come, he'd still be alive. You waited too long and he's dead. Family will not always understand you obeying God. Did you hear me? I said you're supposed to be led by the Spirit with family. 
Just like you are with non-family. If you're not, you can let the enemy can be in situations where he counts on you loving that person enough that you will let him in. And you'll yield to him because it's through this person you love. If the Lord says no, what do you say? I'm going to ask you again. If the Lord says no, don't do it. Then what if family's looking at you crying saying, hey, I'm family. You got to do it. If the Lord says don't do it, what do you do? And I'm telling you, they may call you names, they may not like you, but you just watch it. You just love them and pray for them and believe for them anyway. And it may take some time, but it'll come around full circle and they'll be hugging your neck one day. That's right. Amen. Amen. And then there'll be other times the Lord will put you in a position to do some great things for them. Amen. 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 Be led with family, just like with non-family. In Romans the 8th chapter and the 14th verse. Are you there? Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can sons of God, that's talking about men and women, you understand. Can sons of God expect to be led by the Spirit of God? Yes, they can. Why don't you say it out loud? I am led, directed, guided. Daily by the Holy Spirit in my life. He leads and I follow. In the 16th verse, we have some really good information as to how he does it. How did they know the Holy Ghost was saying this? How did they know the Holy Ghost was forbidding and the Holy Ghost was saying no and the Holy Ghost was saying yes? How did they know that? In the 8th chapter, the 16th verse, it says the Spirit itself, modern translations say himself, bears witness with what? Our spirit spirit that we are the children of God. Is that saying the Holy Ghost lets you know you're a child of God? Hmm? How did he let you know? He lets you know by bearing witness with your spirit. That's not hearing voices. That's not seeing things. That's not feeling things. That's an inward witness. Everybody say witness. witness. You and I are spirit beings. We're not just flesh and we're not just mind. We're spirit. We have a mind and we live in a body. Amen. You're looking at me right now through those two windows we call eyes. You're inside that house there. And if something happened to that house or you live out your full life and it dies, you don't cease to be. You just leave the house. Hmm? And you're still you. People say, well, we know one another in heaven. Well, do you know one another down here? <laughs> you're not going to change into somebody else. Now, you're going to look better. But you're still going to be you. You'll just be you maximized. The best you you could ever be. You as you are supposed to be. In God. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. Talk about some good looking folks. Oh, man. He bears witness with what? With your spirit. Not with your mind. Your mind is not your spirit. People talk about the brain. What a marvel it is. And they look at the brain and they go, oh, isn't that amazing that all of this comes from this few pounds of gray tissue? No, it does not. No, 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 no. People marvel about the brain. The brain is an amazing thing. Don't you misunderstand me. But we could take your brain out and your body could be dead and you'd still be you. And you'd know everything you know. Did you hear me? No, 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 no. Your brain is not you. Your mind is not physical. Your mind expresses itself through the physical organ of your brain. But you're not just mind. You are spirit. 
Everybody say spirit. And the spirit of God bears witness with what part of your being? Your spirit. Now we're talking about how to be led by the Holy Ghost. Bears witness with your spirit. Don't try to hear the Holy Ghost through your mind. Don't try to get direction through your senses. Well, I had a cold flash. Well, I had a hot flash. Well, I had no flash. No. Forget about flashes. Hmm? I said, Woo, I just had just shivers. That was the Holy Ghost. Well, that, no, that was shivers. The Holy Ghost is not shivers. Then don't misunderstand me. Sometimes when He moves on you, it affects your body too, but you're not led by that. I said, You're not led by that. You can be directed when you have no feelings. Thank God for feelings. I'll take all the good feelings I can get. But what do you do when you don't have feelings? What do you do when you have bad feelings? That's when people think, well, I've backslid and God's, where is God? Well, he's right where he always was. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, if I'm going to call you on the telephone, then I'm going to talk to you through the telephone. Right? If I said, I'm going to call you, Mo. Well, it wouldn't do Mo any good to go stand by the refrigerator all day. And hug the refrigerator and say, Brother Keith's going to call me. Because he can't hear me through the refrigerator. If he wants to hear me call, then he needs to be aware of and in contact with the phone. Because I'm going to talk to him through the phone. Well, how's God going to talk to you? Not through your mind. Not through your feelings. Not through your body. Through your spirit. I said through your spirit. Through your spirit. Go back to the book of Acts, please. And let's read some more of these. In the book of Acts, the 20th chapter. I should have told you to hold your place there. Acts chapter 20. You want the quick version of this tonight? or Maybe already too late for that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to chapter 17. I don't want to short you. I don't want to hold back. If you get where you cut, I've had enough. That's all I want. Well, you can just get up and leave. I won't be offended. Say, so, well, that's all I want. You can leave. Acts 17, 16. I want you to notice some language that's used in the scripture that'll help you. It says, now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. What happened? His spirit. Didn't say the Holy Spirit. His spirit was stirred. Now, see, here's what you got to remember. That passage we read in Romans where it said the spirit bears witness with our spirit. That word literally means co-witness. C-O-witness. Co-witnessing or literally a witnessing with. There's two people inside your body. I said there's two people. Your spirit and there's somebody else in there. The Holy Spirit. And when he is directing us. You know, there's something else that happens beside our own spirit. A witnessing with. A co-witnessing. When you have a decision to make, should I do this or should I do this? And you're looking at them. First thing you do is look inside. And say, now Lord, help me with this. Show me what I don't, I mean, you can do research till the cows come home and you'll never know everything. You certainly won't know the future. Now, it's good to do some research. I'm not telling you don't. But do your research. Find out everything you can. But then how do you make your decision? Not based on the facts. You make your decision based on what you get in here. Amen. Even if it looks like it goes against the facts. Yeah, that's right. Find out everything you can find out. Educate yourself. Do your research. But then when it comes time to make the decision, don't make it based on the statistics. Don't make it based on the numbers. Make the decision based on the witness. Everybody say the witness. That witness is a knowing. An inward spiritual sense. 
You'll be looking at that. Well, what if I go this way and check your heart? Everybody say, check your heart. Check your heart. Che- not feelings now, not reasoning. Check what do I sense? A spiritual sense. And sometimes nothing. Well, then you're not ready to act. I think about doing this. And the more I think about this and pray about this, the better, for lack of a better word, we use the word feel. The better we feel about, but it's not really physical feeling. We're talking about a sense we have inside. And then as you get to looking at it, there's something else that comes in. Amen. It's stronger than just your spirit. Amen. You're thinking, yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. And then something else, someone else goes, yeah, it is good. (laughs) It's a quickening. It's a witnessing with. It's stronger than just your spirit. Now look how it's described. Go back to the 15th chapter. Back to the 15th chapter. Look at how the heads, the leaders of the whole church decided issues that affected the whole church. How did they make the big decisions? They depended on him, but look how they got it. In Acts 15, there was this big dispute about whether the Gentile converts had to keep the law or not. And I mean it was trying to tear the whole church apart. And the whole council came together. And verse 22, uh, they sent some letters Telling their decisions. And this is how they said they came to their decisions. Verse 25. Acts 15.25. Are you there? Acts 15.25 said it what? It seemed good to us. Being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. And he went on to. They were telling them the things they had decided. Verse 28. Look at it. Verse 28. For it what? It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Do you see this? This co-witnessing? This witnessing with? Did they say they heard a voice? Did they say they saw a vision? You'd have to add to the scripture to make it more spectacular than this. Everybody say it out loud. It seemed good. Did you know without going there in the first part of the book of Luke that that's why Dr. Luke said he penned the book of Luke? Why? Well, you need to look at it. Hold your place. (laughs) Go back to Luke. Some of you are looking at him like, did he say that? I don't remember that. Yeah, come on. First chapter. First chapter. Think about it now. How did these men of God know that they were to pen what we now know as the Gospels? There was a time when this man sat down and began to write or began to dictate this. Why did he decide to do this? As important as this is, surely he probably had a vision. He probably heard an audible voice. You'd have to add to the Bible to say he did. Look what he said. He said, verse 1, Luke 1, 1, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them to us, which from the beginning eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, what? It seemed good to me, also having had perfect understanding of all things from the first, to write to you. So he starts writing it down. Why did Dr. Luke write the gospel account of Luke? Because it seemed good to do it. Was he being led by the Holy Spirit? Oh, yes, he was. But you'd have to add to the Bible to say he heard a voice or he saw a vision. Now, direction comes through some spectacular means sometimes. You could hear what would seem to you to be an audible voice. You could have a dream. You could fall into a trance. You could have a vision. It happened then. It's happening today. I will tell you this, it doesn't happen every day. And it doesn't happen all the time for everybody. And you could live your whole life and never see an angel. You could go your whole life and never have a vision. You could go your whole life and never hear an audible voice. And it wouldn't mean anything's wrong with you. It wouldn't mean you weren't spiritual enough. It just meant God didn't see fit to minister in that way. And yet you can be led by the Spirit every day of your life. If you learn how to follow the witness. Everybody say the witness. witness. It seemed good. Have you ever asked the question, where's your seamer? Huh? 
Where's your seamer? Do you know where it's at? Where is your seamer? That's not your mind. That's not your intellect. You think. You reason with your mind. You don't say, it just seemed. Seeming comes from somewhere else. Hmm? It's when you don't understand it. You don't necessarily can explain it. But you just, it seems like this is the right way to go. We, Phyllis and I did not hear a voice to come to Branson. We did not have a vision. Not even a prophecy. No tongue and interpretation. Not anything like that at all. It seemed like we should come visit. So we did. We came up here, got in a little condo, and started praying. And just looking around. It seemed like we should pray some more about it. So then we left and went back. And a few months later, we just thought, we got to go back. we got to go back. Look, read over uh, in the, uh, let's see. Do we look at 18, 18, 5. 18, 5. When Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was what? Pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Now, there are different manifestations of these things. We read that he was stirred in his spirit. Should you pay attention to your own spirit? Yes, you should, because the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. He's going to communicate to you through your own spirit. He was stirred. Why? Because of the idolatry. Well, see, that bothered God. And it bothered the Holy Spirit that thought this city is full of idolatry. And because of that, it bothered Paul's spirit. And he was stirred about it. Not in his head, in his spirit. And here, notice what Paul was pressed. Another translation says compelled. It was strong in him. He knew I've got to go. To Jerusalem, I've got to go there. And the more you pray about something, especially when things are important in the plan of God, it gets to where it, it, you feel pressed almost. You think, I got, I got to pray about this. I got to look at this. I got to do this. I've had the Lord do me that way about money, giving money to people. He dealt with me about sowing some money to somebody. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'll check on that. And I mean, in a few hours, I'm, I, it just kept coming up. It, it's almost like pressure building up inside you. You're thinking, well, I'll check on that next day or two. And I thought, no, no, i got to do something about that right now. It's pressing. And so sometimes I'll call the officer. I'll, you know, tell Phyllis or tell one of our secretaries, you know, we'd send them a check today. We just did that recently. And the person called back and said, oh, man, <laughs> I needed that check right then. I didn't know that. How could we have known that? There's no way we could have known that with our head. But the Holy Ghost knows what's going on with all of his people and with all of his church. Amen. And if we'll follow him and obey him, he'll lead us. Everybody say stirred in the spirit. Pressed in the spirit. Now going over to the 20th chapter. Paul said it like this. 20, 22. He said, now behold, I go bound in the Spirit. Well, now, what's another way of saying that? I've got to go. I just... Now, could Paul had said no? Yeah, he could have. Some people are trying to tell you, well, now God is God. And uh, if that's what his plan is, you're going to do it whether or no. That is not true. You do not have to obey God. I mean, it ought to be quite obvious. Just look at the world. Right? (laughs) There's a lot of folk not obeying God. But when you live close to God and the Spirit's leadings are real to you, then they're going to be more pronounced to you than people who are not paying attention. And uh, as you follow Him, there can be things that are important. And you can just go, man, I've got to. I've got to go. I've had it like that before that I'm just knowing we've got to go to this meeting. We've got to be at a certain place. I didn't know why. We felt compelled to come back to Branson in a few weeks. Got back in a little place and began to pray again. It seemed good to ride around and look at some places. So we did. And uh, 
It seemed good to pray about it some more. And we got to the place where we were not happy in that little condo. What do you mean? God was dealing with us. I'm thinking, God, what do you... Surely you're not talking about us moving up here. We got our little nest fixed real nice in Tulsa. It took us a long time to get it that way. And it got to the place where I wasn't happy anymore. I mean, I'm thinking, God, what are you talking to us about? Here's a key to being led by the Spirit. You got to be open. You got to be willing to hear something you might not want to hear. You got to be willing to hear a no on something you think you want to do. You got to be willing to hear a go when you thought you wanted to stay. You got to be willing to hear a stay when you thought you wanted to go, right? If you're unwilling to hear whatever he might say to you, you're not even on the same frequency. Your unwillingness, stubbornness will cloud you to the direction of God. Listen, here's another thing. Covetousness will blind you to the leadings of the Lord. I know businessmen that were good people and they knew God, knew how to pray, knew how to hear from God, but they got dollar signs in their eyes. Did you hear me? Yeah. Here we're going to make a lot of money here real quick. And a lot, usually I always try to justify it by saying, and we'll do something good for the kingdom, you know. Well, we'll, yeah, this will be kingdom money. And just get dollar signs in their eyes. And while they're telling me, I'm checking my, I'm not just listening to figures, I'm checking my heart. That's right. Amen. And as I'm listening, I'm thinking, mm, I don't know about that. I got no witness about that at all. I said, did you tell them? No, most of the time you can't tell people. That's right. Why? Because they don't want to hear it. That's right. Even if you told them, they wouldn't listen to you. Right. And I've seen some people, blessed, good people, just virtually ruined. Financially. Why? Covetousness. The Holy Ghost was trying to tell them all the time, but oh, they got dollar signs in their eyes. How come you to get into that? Everybody say, I'm led by the Spirit. I'm not led by profit margin. I'm not led by somebody's books. I mean, how about folks cooking the books here most recently? I mean, there were people led by those books and they bought stock. Hmm? I understand if we were led by the Holy Ghost, we would never lose a dime. If you were led by the Holy Ghost all the time, in every investment, in every decision, you'd never lose a dime. I'm trying to quit, but I ain't through. You mind me telling you two success stories of businessmen? This one fellow was a minister. Everybody say a minister. It would be all right for ministers to be rich. He was a minister. And he got a hold of some money. And he invested it. And over the years became the wealthiest man in several counties in his state. Had a mansion. Had all kind, brand new cars everywhere. Businesses everywhere. Owned them. All paid for. And a fellow, you know, was going to come to, because he loaned money. He had so much money. He made investments in, in things all the time. And somebody came to him, wanted to talk to him about it, and they want to know how his record was. He said, in all these years, I've never lost any money. They said, you've got to be kidding. He said, no. They want to know if he would invest in this certain thing and showed him what a good deal it was. He said, well, give me a few days here. They said, why? You need to research it. He said, no, i got a prayer closet in my house. And he said, and I go in there, and I lay it before the Lord, and I miss some meals. And I just lay, I get quiet and I pray in the spirit. Sometimes I'll do that for three days. Sometimes I'll do that for a week or two. I don't, I don't mean he stays in there all the time, but he'd come out and eat a meal, then go back in there and just get quiet and pray. And he said, a lot of times my head would tell me, boy, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Get in on it. But my spirit says, no, nope. So I don't do it. Sometimes, you know, your head tell you, boy, you'll lose your shirt. Don't you do that. And your spirit said, do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I've done it and made all kind of money. Amen. 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 I know of another man. He took some materials on how to be led by the spirit. Actually, Dr. Kenneth Hagin's book, How to Be Led by the Spirit and his tapes. And he had, what was it, $50? 
He listened to those tapes every morning and every night and every morning. See, you don't learn these things just by hearing them one time or two. Every morning, every thought about it. How to train his spirit to hear from God. How he could learn to know what was the witness of God. And was it uh 20 years? He turned that $50 into, I think, $100 million. I mean, the man is excessively, he too much money. I know what I'm talking about. I mean, he's done some major things. Started with $50. How did he get there? Learned to be led by the Holy Spirit. God's not opposed to his people being rich. He's opposed to them being greedy and covetous and selfish. Everybody said out loud, I am led in all my affairs all the time by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Look in the 24th chapter and the 16th verse. This is the last one in my notes here. 24.16. Paul said this, 24.16. He said, herein, Acts 24.16, herein do I exercise myself. That means constantly discipline myself. To have always a conscience void of offense toward God And toward men. Here's a key. To why Paul was so sensitive. How he could get to the place. And know the Holy Ghost said no don't go in there. How he could get to the place. And know the Holy Ghost said yeah this is right. How these individuals could know. Yeah it seems good to us. And to the Holy Ghost. This is the right way to go. Your conscience. Is the voice of your spirit. And if you want to stay clear. And sharp with God, you need to keep a clear conscience. Anything that bothers your conscience will dull you to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. When your heart bothers you about something, do not just let it go. The longer you let it go, the duller you will get. How many want to hear God so clearly and distinctly that when he whispers to you in your heart, you know it's him. You know it's him. And you know it's the right thing to do. Well, it's not as complicated as you might think, but it involves living right. I said it in, well, boy, I lost some crowd there. It, It involves living right. It involves following your spirit. You speak a hard word to somebody. And your heart bothers you. Now you got a choice here. Right now is when you are making the decision. Am I going to be uh, sensitive to the leading of the Lord? Or am I going to get dull? If you say, well, you know, they, that's all right. I just forget it. You know, and I ain't going to do anything about that. Well, you just dulled yourself a little bit. And every time you do that, you dull yourself a little more. Until you wind up like the Bible talks about with a seared conscience. What's the solution? When your heart bothers you, your conscience bothers you, your heart bothers you, get it right. Between you and God, between you and men, if you have to, call them up on the phone and say, I'm sorry, but I shouldn't have said that to you. That's not right. Even if they say, well, that's all right. You didn't have to call. Yeah, you did. If it bothers you, you need to make it right. Even if it didn't bother them that much, because the Holy Spirit knows. And in your own heart, you know. And if something's not right, you're in business dealings with somebody. And it means more money to you, but in your heart you're bothered about it. Something not, You need to tell them something else. You need to make, I don't care if it costs you money. That's right. Did you hear me? Amen. It ain't worth dulling yourself. Amen. A few dollars or even a lot of dollars is not worth dulling yourself to the leading of the Lord. If you have to, you go to them, you say, look, now this is how this is. And if you don't want to do this, this is fine. Reveal everything. Lay it on the line. Did you hear me? Make it right. Read it again. Read it again. Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. Man, it's good when you lay your head on the pillow at night and you know there's nothing in your heart, nothing bothering you about between you and God, nothing bothering you about you and anybody else. You've done everything you know. 
to make it right between you and God. You've done everything you know to do to make it right between you and people. Now, sometimes you can try to make it right with people and they don't want to make it right. But you've done everything you know to do. Did you hear me? Done everything you know to do. Glory to God. Sometimes you need to call people. Sometimes you need to send people some money. Sometimes you need to make some things right. But keep your heart clear. Keep your conscience clear. The Bible says when our heart condemns us not, then whatever we ask of God, we receive of Him. Won't you stand on your feet? Oh, bless you, Lord. Thank you for helping us tonight. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Mean it from the bottom of your heart. Sit out loud, Father God. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit. He is my guide. He leads me. He teaches me. He corrects me. I listen. I'm sensitive to Him. And I follow Him. Every day and every night. Lord, help me in any area of my life between you and I, between myself and other people, anything that has dulled me, that I've not listened, that I've not made right, reveal it to me, show it to me, and I'll get it right. With your grace, with your help, I'll get it right. And I want to be, and I will be, sensitive, sensitive, aware, and sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Just praise Him a little bit. Thank Him for directing you. Thank Him for helping you to get sensitive. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.